The Detroit Tigers win a ball game in the most Detroit Tigers way. The most 2022 Detroit Tigers way you could possibly imagine. Let's talk about the, I guess, technically series finale, right? Two games set against San Francisco uh, today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, August 25th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, the Detroit Tigers are no longer 30 games under 500, baby. <laughs> I almost said that one with a straight face. I almost did it. Uh, now are imp- up to 48 and 77. No longer are your Detroit Tigers 30 games under 500. No more. Uh, they win in, in, in Comerica against San Francisco, on Wednesday afternoon by a score of 6-1. to one. Both teams had eight hits. Uh, Tigers scored all six of their runs in one inning. Uh, look, like, this was the most Detroit Tigers victory of all time. And, like, the six runs, certainly not. But how they obtained the six runs, certainly yes. Spot on. This was... They probably should have gotten shut out. This probably should have been a one nothing ball game. But Brandon Crawford, who is one of the best defensive shortstops of this generation, we need to realize that. Brandon Crawford is not a slouch with the glove. Uh, multiple gold glove winner. I think multiple. He's definitely bagged one. Um, but he is uh, undubitably, un- undoubtedly, he is one of the best defensive shortstops of the 2010s and uh seeing him just go and and completely misplay a ball that that really was not that i don't know optically didn't look that difficult like the the hop definitely uh caught him off guard um or he planned for the hop and it he he just played it incorrectly i guess i should say um but yeah i i was i was very surprised he wasn't able to make the play and then just as things happen, we've seen it happen to the Tigers so often this year, right? Like one error is made with two outs and then they score, you know, three, four runs in the inning. It just happened against the Guardians last week, right? That crazy Andrew Chafin drop third strike game. Like th- that that's baseball. That That's what happens. And it's really upsetting, honestly, for Logan Webb, who pitched a very, very good ball game. And I believe all those runs are earned. I think they gave... I think they gave him a hit. I don't think they gave an error to Brandon Crawford. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, dude had a no hitter, go with going with, uh, I think with four and two thirds pitched at least through four innings. Uh, I guess I should say he had a no hitter going, and uh, ended his line with four and two thirds, five hits, six earned runs, three walks, and six Ks. Certainly not great. Um, but I, I did think he looked pretty solid. Look, the offense, like the, the, these games are so difficult 
for me because I I don't want to be the insane pessimist that that is just like this team sucks and there's nothing good about it. But also, like this is a a train wreck of a season, and it is impossible to. For me, at least, maybe not for you, but for me, it's impossible to just watch this team and talk for 30 minutes about this team every single day and be like, oh, the sun is shining and, 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 you know, rainbows. Like, this this has been a train wreck of a year. It's impossible to be, like, overly optimistic and and be super happy about uh, games that we even do win. And... This was, we should have got shut out. <laughs> like we, we should have, we had eight hits. Almost all of them came in the sixth inning. I I, I mean, it, it was one really, really solid defender. And one of the, the better shortstops of the, the previous decade. It was him making a play that he's probably made 20 times, 30 times in his career, those weird like in-between hops. And we're, we're, we're shut out. We scored all of our runs in one inning. The last two games, the last 18 innings, we have scored all of our runs that we've scored in the last two games in two innings. Now, that's seven runs, but it's... You did it in two of 18 innings. This wasn't some incredible offensive performance. Honestly, that again, they were getting no hit through four. The first half of the game, they didn't have a hit. They didn't look that good offensively. I'm going to be completely honest with you. They didn't. They didn't look that good before the inning. They didn't even look great, really, in the inning. They started drawing walks and, and got a little patient. And then they, they did get some... Uh, but they weren't even like crushing the ball. Like it was, you know, decently hit solid contact, I guess for sure. But there's still no power on this team. There, there's still very little patience on this team outside of apparently one inning a day. Every single day, they just pick one inning to be patient in. And that's where all their walks come from. It's, it's just, it, it, it today was no different. Even though we, we put up six runs. I'm not sure we've put up six runs in an inning since the the day that Miggy hit hit 3K, but I I wasn't like blown away. I, I wasn't impressed by by this offensive performance. It's just for one inning they they did what they they had to do and they deserve credit, but everything after wasn't that great, and everything before it was certainly not great. I don't know, man. I, like I said, it's it's hard to walk that line. I I don't want to be the the you know Homer that that can't give objective analysis, but but I also don't want to be the crazy pessimist in a year where everybody's a crazy pessimist. Like I'm trying to find bright spots, and I'll always take a win. I I I want us to win out. I don't care about a draft pick anymore. I'm done with that. It didn't work. We've been doing it for seven years. I would be thrilled if they won out. They obviously won't, but it's the sentiment. It's the mindset. I, I want us to win every game we play, always, and have for for my entire life. But 
it's hard to look at this game and watch this offensive and 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 watch what they did today and yesterday as you're listening to this and be like, oh yeah, like heck yeah, six runs. Maybe things are changing. No, we we looked the same we always have. We kind of got lucky for an inning. I don't know. All right, let's talk about the pitching because that actually is uh, quickly turning into one of the best storylines of the entire season. So let's get into that. But first, I got to talk to you about driving sober from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. Few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Um, okay, let's get into the pitching because this is incredible. Matt Manning's ERA on the season is now 237. I believe that's in nine starts on the year. That might even be mm. anyway, 237 ERA on the season. Uh, and his ERA since coming back from injury is under two. Uh, he has made seven starts. I just figured out while I was talking because the Tigers PR department tweeted out Tiger starters since the year 2000 with no more than 10 runs allowed in their first seven starts of a season. He, uh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Manning joins company of Matthew Boyd, Jordan Zimmerman, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander. Heck of a list. Heck of a list. Um, Matthew Boyd's was just last season. Got off to that really hot start last year, as we all remember. Jordan Zimmerman's was also in the beginning part of 2016. As we all remember, I'm pretty sure he won Pitcher of the Month in May of 2016, the first year we signed him. It was either April or May. He had like a sub-2 ERA or a 2 ERA and and was literally the, the Pitcher of the Month in baseball, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then we all know what happened after that. Then we have Max Scherzer in 2014, who only gave up nine runs as opposed to 10, like the other three. And Justin Verlander in 2013, who also only gave up nine runs. So a, a very impressive start to Matt Manning's season, I guess you would say. I, I guess start probably isn't the right word, but he, he's looked phenomenal. And this, in my opinion, was, and I feel like I've said this like three starts in a row, but this was maybe the best I've seen Matt Manning look so far in his career. And I know that he didn't go seven innings like last time and whatnot, but this was a, a slider masterclass. So the four seam fastball was effective for him and it was located really well. CSW percentage of 30%. That's called strikes plus whiffs. Um, four whiffs on it. 
it, it was it was a solid pitch. He threw it 44 times of 95. It was his most thrown pitch. Um, as average exit velocity on the four seamer was 92. It, it was solid. It got hit hard sometimes. It got hit weakly sometimes. It, it was it was a solid setup pitch. But the pitch we really need to talk about is the slider because it was phenomenal and it was almost like he has three different pitches, even though he only really threw two. He did throw nine curveballs, five sinkers, and four changeups as well. But those combine for quick math, nine plus five, 14, 18. Those three pitches combined were only 18% of his repertoire uh, today, whereas the four seam was 46% of the time. The slider was 35% of the time. So definitely those two for the majority of it. Um, at one point, he was rocking with more sliders than any other pitch thrown. And it, it was, like I said, it was almost like he had three different pitches in there because he used the slider as a slider, as a, sometimes, as a traditional slider, throw the fastball low and away. His fastball command today, by the way, was was spectacular. It, it was beautiful. Uh, was was painting corners with, with the four seam all game. Uh, made a couple of mistakes, but as a whole, what was really, really effective with the four seam fastball and and this slider, like I said, so I've been trying to make this point. My ADHD just keeps taking me off the rails. <laughs> the slider he, he used as an actual slider for sure would set the four seam up low and away. Then would tunnel the slider low and away, get people to chase even elevated it and would throw fastball high, get them to swing and miss then throw slider like belt high, but out of the strike zone, get people to swing and miss as well. Um, but then he started at one point using it almost as a cutter where like, I mean, the average, it was an 87 mile an hour pitch on average. Um, sorry, 84 on average topped out at 87. Um, so 84 mile an hour cutter. That's like, I, I guess it can be an in-between between like a traditional slider, maybe in a, in a mid nineties fastball, but like, that's a, that's a solid slider velocity in 2022. Right. So, he, he started using it as a cutter and like he would throw it first pitch and get people to swing through it. And he would throw it. Uh, he, he would start it on the inside part of the strike zone. And then it would move into the, to the inner third of the zone by the end of it, almost down the middle of the plate, but people were swinging through it because again, they're, they're not expecting him to throw this like cutter pitch on the inside part of the plate like that. Um, because that's usually a fastball pitch for him. So just the the creativity, I guess, it, of the the pitch calling by Barnhart. I know that everybody loves to give Tucker Barnhart a lot of crap. He has not hit very well. That's absolutely true. Um, but I thought he called a brilliant game, and I thought Matt Manning executed it spectacularly. This is, if it's not his best, it's my favorite. <laughs> he goes six innings, five hits, no one runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts fantastic start. Like I said, since coming back from the injury as a sub two ERA and on the year as a whole, he is a two, three, seven ended up throwing 95 pitches. And look, if it wasn't for the first inning, he, he might still be pitching. I'm recording this an hour after the game. He might still be going right. It, it was just the, the, the first inning was almost what 30 pitches, 27 pitches on its own in the first, every inning after that was, was pretty effective. And a young pitchers, a big step in development is what they do with runners in scoring position. He stranded four runners on third base. And I know that maybe you first listen to that. And you're like, that's not a good thing. Runners were getting to third. No, they, they were like Babip hits 
or like a you know a leadoff double, and then it's strikeout, ground out, ground out, or or it's or it's strikeout, strikeout, ground out, or something, right? Like he is, he is. It, it wasn't like he had bases loaded every time. Like one per runner would get on, and then there would be some ground outs to the opposite side of the field that whatever the runner was on, and they would advance, and then he would lock down and get a strikeout or get a ground out with two outs. Like it was, it was so well executed. It, it was a, a brilliant performance. And again, in a season where there has not been a lot of bright spots, Matt Manning has certainly been one uh, this season. And especially now that he's healthy, um, it's uh, look, I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's still, he's still very young and there's still a lot of season left and whatnot. Um, But it's finally starting to look like he is putting the pieces together to be that solid whether you think he's going to be an ace or not is up for debate, but front line at least top three in a rotation starter that we all assumed he would be for the last five years while he's been cooking in the minor leagues, right? It's just, it's, it's finally starting to come to fruition at the major league level. It's exciting. It gives, it's exciting in a season that has not had a lot of excitement. Like I keep saying, so very, very good performance. I, I just, I love that that creativity of using the slider. It's the same pitch, but it's different pitches, right? Like it's it's still a slider, but in some pitches he's using it as a traditional slider, and at some pitches he's using it as, as more of a cut pitch, and and it's awesome. I absolutely love it. And if he can continue doing that, that gives him like what two and a half pitches, or we just call it three. Um, and if he can just get one more grip that's good we'll say instead of pitch uh that that he can be confident whether it ends up being the change up whether it ends up being the curveball whatever uh i think we're in for a really really fun ride and I, and i think that this dude could be really really good going forward if he's not already showing signs of being really good as he currently stands very excited for matt manning very excited about his future uh pumped to see what he can do as we continue going forward. Um, and yeah, I, I just can't wait until we have a full, I mean, like next year, like you're going to get Turnbull back. You'll have Scooble by hopefully the halfway mark in the season. You'll definitely have him for the second part of the year. Um, like it, it's just the pitching isn't the problem. It's the fact that no one on this team can hit a baseball. That's the issue. The pitching continues to, to show out and, and the pitchers themselves and Fetter deserve all the credit in the world. Okay, let's get to the bullpen, and then we'll get into some uh, the 2023 roster. Roster 2023 schedule was released, so we're going to talk about that for a hot sec as well. Uh, but first, I have to tell you about whatever <laughs> whatever Lockdown wants me to tell you about. So we will be back right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back for segment three here, Locked on Tigers, third and final segment. Um, Okay, let's talk about the bullpen. Will Vest, one inning, three hits, one earned run, no walks, two Ks. He's got such good stuff, and it's just a command thing with him. It always has been. Um, But, I mean, his ERA in the year is now up to 3.86, right? There was a one point in the first half of the season where he had a sub two and people were overreacting to Gregory Soto as, as they usually do. And Will Vest was the person a lot of people were pointing to because he got that save against Baltimore and everybody was like, Oh, Will Vest should be the closer. 
Uh, he's got some command stuff he still needs to work on, but the stuff is is undeniably there. His, his slider has really good bite to it. It's a really good shape. Um, his four-seam fastball, you know, 95, 96 miles an hour. He has all the makings to be good, and he has three pitches. You know, like the changeup is solid too. He, he's got he's got the makeup. He's got the profile. It's just a matter of execution from here on out. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping that he will stick around. I'm totally okay with Will Vest sticking around in the organization and being a part of this bullpen next year as well. I And like I said, need him to take some steps forward command-wise, but as a whole, he is uh, his, his stuff is going to play. Um, especially, you know, if Will Vest is your like fourth best reliever on your team, you're in a pretty good situation, I think. So um, definitely not his best outing. Again, a lot of command stuff, but as a whole, Pleased with him this season. Alex Lang then comes in one inning, one walk, one hit batter, and two strikeouts. His ERA is now down to three six five. I mean, kind of a duplicate conversation, uh, but like Alex Lang's is on steroids, right? Like Alex Lang, for honestly, and I don't mean this in in an exaggerating way, might have the best pure stuff in any bullpen in the league. His curveball is one of the most swift on pitches in the entire sport. And honestly, for a majority of the year, has been the most whiffed on pitch in the majority of the sport. His stuff is nasty. He is one of the nastiest sinkers I've ever seen in my life. He is a sinker so nasty that it's not a pitch-to-contact pitch. It takes an incredible amount of movement to, to, to do that. So... Uh, Alex Lang is, is unbelievably talented, super pumped for him to be in the bullpen of the future. Um, but also has his command issues that he needs to work on. Uh, like I said, one walk and one hit batter in this one, but didn't end up giving any, giving up any runs. We'll take it. And then Gregory Soto, uh, one inning, one walk, one K no runs Four pitch walk to lead off the inning is just so frustrating and unacceptable. Like you, I know he got out of it. And he gets out of it more times than not. And, and I still believe in the future of Gregory Soto, as a lot of people already don't. But like ZRA's down to sub three again. He just needs to get out of his own way. You can't be four pitch walking the first people out of the pen, man. You had a five run lead and, and no one was really worried today, but you, you, you gotta just buckle down. You have to, you have to. Um, so Definitely another conversation going forward. We have a lot of very, um, very intriguing conversations to have this offseason. That is for sure about a lot of players on this team. Okay, uh, that's it for the game. Solid win. I, uh, not really that solid, but I will always take a win. I, I want us to win every game. So I'm, I'm going to be happy. We're going to be pumped that we got a win. Uh, and, and one of our highly regarded prospects slash young players look fantastic so uh that's great as far as news and notes uh jackson job was supposed to make his white caps debut on wednesday he will he did not do that uh because he quite literally woke up on the wrong side of the bed and was sore and they wanted to play it safe now i know it's going to be a big joke and I, I understand that. And people are going to have their fun with that one. But they're just being super precautionary. He's going to start this weekend. He's going to make his debut. He's not like going on the IL because he, you know what I mean? Like he just, his back hurt a little bit, whatever. 
Um, speaking of backs hurting, Javi Baez got scratched very late, right before the game started on Wednesday, which caused Kerry Carpenter, Kerry Carpenter, which caused um, Cody Clemens. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name there. Cody Clemens to be our three hitter in, in that game, which I'm sure is not uh, exactly what AJ Hinch drew up, but late scratches will do that. Uh, he was taking BP and his back spasms, was taking BP and doing fielding drills and stuff before the game and uh, said his back was uncomfortable. So he's not playing. He's considered day-to-day. Uh, we already talked about Zach Short for Jonathan Scope. Uh, so I think that's it for news and notes. MLB released their 2023 schedule today. I'm not a big like schedule release person for any sport except football uh, because – Baseball, you play 162 games. I know who we're playing every year. And in basketball and hockey, you play everybody. So it's like, whatever. You know, like, I don't care when we play people. I know we're going to play everybody. Um, The biggest thing is that they are playing everybody for baseball now. That's the big step. Um, That's never been a thing uh, before. And yeah, starting next season you will play all 29 other teams, which I think is cool. I think that helps grow the game. Uh, I think that that's something that honestly should have been implemented a while ago, but baseball is kind of a traditionalist old head sport. And I'm sure that they, they've always just been a little bit behind everybody else when it comes to like, hey man, we have like planes that can get us from like Michigan to Arizona in four hours. Like we don't need... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we, we're, it's not impossible. It's not a, it's not a weak trek to get out there anymore. Like we're, we're, we, we can, we can visit all, all 29 teams. Um, so super cool. I I'm very, very pumped about it. I, I, you know, when we play everybody and, and, you know, tough stretches and stuff, we'll look at that as we get closer to actually next season. I, I'm not one for getting, you know, a, a year ahead of myself when it comes to that kind of stuff, but just super cool that we're going to be playing everybody. I'm really, really pumped about that. Uh, so we will slowly be playing our division less and less. We will still be our, playing our division more than anybody else. Uh, but everybody will be playing the teams in their division less and less and instead be playing every other team in the game of baseball. So super cool stuff. The, um, I, I think 22 or 23 different teams will play in Comerica Park next year. So uh, we have almost everybody, right? About two thirds of the league, a little over two thirds of the league, will uh, have a game in Comerica. Super cool, super cool. A lot of people that, uh, for you know, there's always been, oh, they're in the National League. We're not going to see them. Then the Astros moved to the American League, and it was like, okay, well, now we're going to make interleague play kind of not like, oh, for three weeks of the year it's interleague play. You know, it's not like a special thing anymore. We're just going to have mixed in. You're just going to play National League teams, and then it started getting more and more like, Hey, we're going to pair you up with some divisions every year. And that's who you're going to play. And uh, now it's yeah. To a point where they're just like, Hey, we think it's probably best if you just play everybody. And I'm totally for it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I don't really see any repercussions for it. Oh, the other thing I really want to quickly bring up. uh, Speaking of no repercussions for it is a pitch clock. Minor league baseball has been experimenting with a pitch clock this season And somebody tweeted out, uh, well, a lot of people tweeted out um, some stats involving how the minor leagues have changed with the 
implementation, goodness, of the pitch clock. Um, I have seen it live a few times uh, to, to a couple of the minor league games I've been to this summer. And it does not, if you can see the clock, you're like, oh, there's the pitch clock. But it doesn't change your viewing experience at all. Uh, if you don't pitch it in time, it's just a ball rewarded. And there haven't been that many like walks given out uh, on due to it, right? Like it's it's been pretty, uh, everyone's adjusted pretty well. All the offensive numbers in the minor leagues have been almost identical to last season. All of the pitching numbers from last season's minor leagues have been almost identical to this season. Because uh, that was the big worry, right? They're like, oh, you're going to rush pitchers. They're going to be sporadic. They're not going to have as good of command. You're going to throw people out of their rhythm. Somebody tweeted out all the stats and all of the pretty much like offensive and pitching, like all of the offensive stats are are almost identical to what they were last season. Um, some of them literally are identical. The walk percentage from in minor league baseball from 2021 to 2022 is literally the exact same. Um, and the only thing that's changed is games are now going by almost 40 minutes, almost 30 minutes, I think, uh, quicker. Average game time last season was a little over three hours and uh, for minor league baseball. And average game time for minor league baseball this year is about two and a half hours. I, I think uh, you will see it in the major leagues very soon. And I don't think anyone should uh, really have a problem with it. I think it's going to be kind of like the extended netting. It'll be something that like people freak out about for like, two weeks when the season starts and they're like, Oh, this is dumb. Oh, look, here's the first ball rewarded. Everybody let's freak out. And then you literally won't notice it. The remainder of the season after like may, no one will care. And no one will remember. That's even a thing. Just like the extended netting when that first happened and everything, or the mound visits remaining, like everybody freaked out when that started, like nobody uses up all their mound visits. Nobody cares. Like there there are some things that people are just going to get mad about, but just want to touch on that. I think that's a cool thing. It's worked brilliantly. Like I said, every game I've been to, it's worked flawlessly. And uh, I think it's an actual, concrete, like good thing that will directly, objectively shorten game time and not affect the rest of the game. Like all these other ridiculous Manfred ideas that he has to shorten pace of, uh, to improve pace of play when in actuality this is the the easiest most concrete and uh most mutually beneficial answer is, is just the pitch clock so look for that in the future that's all i got for you peace and love let me do a sign off thanks for making lockdown tigers your first listen every day now make your second listen the lockdown mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Now that's all I got for you. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Another off day tomorrow. So uh, I'll, we'll figure out what we're doing for that. In the meantime, though, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. Going to therapy's dope. Don't you forget it. Dope. Mental health is a real thing. Mental health matters. And um, yeah, take care of yours. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.